Children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I am your conspiracy asshole, Primetime 99 Alex Stein, and we have a very special guest, guys. You've seen him all over the world. He's been punched in the face by, uh, you know, astronauts. He's made some of the best documentaries in the entire world. With no further ado, the one, the only, Bart Sabrell. Welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Alex. How about yourself? I noticed you used CC. I had a conspiracy corner. You had you came up with another CC there, conspiracy castle. I like that. Well, well you've been on. A, I got to mention a guy who's probably to go mad. He doesn't like it because I've actually you don't know much about me, Bart, but I've been going viral. So I started off. I, I talk all about conspiracy. Have you seen a doctor about that? Well, yes, I, I you yeah. know, I, being HIV positive is not that yeah. bad. It's a lifestyle that I can live with. But no, on a serious note, listen. So I, now all the truthers, because I've had some viral success and, uh, you know, like a bunch of production companies are, you know, meeting with me to sign. I was on Tucker Carlson's Fox News, not trying to brag. But so all the conspiracy people are like, oh, he's a shill. He works for the government. You know, he's CIA. And so the Conspiracy Castle CC33, I, I did all this stuff at the beginning because I'm a conspiracy guy, you know, obviously. And so that's like a dog whistle, the 33 for the third of the angels falling out of heaven. You know, there's a lot of like secret symbology that I use in it. So now that I'm blowing up, all these people are like, he's obviously CIA. Oh, da, 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 da. And and I kind of bring that up because in your documentary on a funny thing, or excuse me, on Astronauts Gone Wild, when you went to interview the astronauts, I forget which which astronaut was it at the end. He said, we're going to snuff you out. His son said, we're going to snuff you out. Which one is that, Bart? Uh, that was Edgar Mitchell discussing Edgar Mitchell. my assassination yeah. with his son. But now, Edgar, first you, so go ahead. Sorry, 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 sorry. Well, first of all, you have to say, OK, if they really went to the moon and I'm just some silly person who thinks they shot in at a TV studio. Why would you have to call the CIA to assassinate some person who's completely wrong unless I'm a journalist uncovering a real government fraud? And then secondly, why does an Apollo astronaut on a civilian mission have a CIA's phone number in his Rolodex? You know, like, you know, let's just give our buddy over there a call. Yeah. You know, that's another question. OK, but let's get into the nitty gritty. This is for me why I think it's pr pretty uh, uh, false. So we didn't go to the moon today. The official story today from NASA is that we can only go about 237 miles from Earth's surface. That is what they call low Earth orbit. 
Yet in 1969 through 1972, we were able to go through in and out of uh, a low Earth orbit 12 times. We had to go out and we had to come back in 200, roughly 237,000 miles uh, with no issues. Nobody died. And doesn't that seem pretty laughable that we could do that in 1969, yet we can't do it today? Bart, is that the biggest red flag is the Van Allen radiation belt and just the, the distance travel? Well, there's, you know, I say there's three irrefutable proofs and you only need one. Actually, I can hit the screen share button here if you want, or you can cut it in. But I have a photograph, you know, from allegedly the last mission to the moon where an astronaut shadow is going 12 o'clock and a shadow from a rock five feet away is going at five o'clock. If you yeah. want to hit the screen share button and well, show it to everybody. I know, but they, they, we can show the shadows. I showed all this stuff all day long. And I'm just saying there's those shadows. We have the intersecting shadows for sure. But this, you know, right. with, with them, they say, oh, well, the surface of the moon bounces light different. You know, that's oh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 if it was going to bounce, it would just be a fill light. There wouldn't be any direct shadow. If a shadow is going this way, there's a light source doing it. And if one and if a shadow is going this way, they're the same length comparative to the object. So. The shadow and the object are about the same length. So the shadow of the astronaut is about six feet long. The shadow of the foot rock is about a foot long. So whatever light source it is, it's the identical light source. And so because otherwise the shadows would have different lengths, different intensity. And so basically the light is so close to the person that when it's behind the astronaut, it casts a shadow at 12 o'clock. And when the rock is over to the side of it, it diverges. But the point is that in sunlight, shadows are always, always parallel, no matter where you go, just go outside and stand beside somebody. It's impossible for shadows to intersect in sunlight. So that's proof. Then we uncovered the secret tape of fake photography of them faking with a one foot model of the earth, pretending it's the earth floating in space. We have, them disclosing that it's a one foot model by accident. We have the CIA prompting them to do a fake radio delay. And then, of course, we have the logic, Alex, that you mentioned. What they're claiming, you know, is NASA today in 21st century technology can only send an astronaut one thousandth the distance to the moon is the farthest they could go. Somehow in 1969, with untried, antiquated equipment, with all of NASA, all the computers combined together had one millionth the computing power of a cell phone that somehow with that on the very first attempt in 1969, they can go a thousand times farther than they can today, which means technology in 1969 was a thousand times better than it is today. Now, seeing how it's impossible for technology to go backwards then that means their claim is fraudulent. That's like saying, hey, I did, uh, you know, cold fusion. You want to see it? And I say, well, come back 50 years later and 50 years later, I still can't do it. You know, so it's because the moon landings have become an emotional God to people. How dare you insult, you know, our country or science or whatever. But the fact is Nobel laureates have given back their awards because they got caught cheating. And that's simply what the government did. They they cheated. They did it all the time during war. They lied and did had inflatable tanks, you know, so that from the air, it looked like there was a massive uh, artillery battle there. But there really wasn't going on. Now, of course, they didn't really have a legitimate reason for faking it now or in the, in the modern times, which it would cost about $200 billion. So they basically took $200 billion from the taxpayers and used it to deceive them and then used it to commit homicides to cover up 
people who when you say homicide you mean gus grissom when how they cooked him up on the launching pad before the apollo missions because he originally hung the you know the limit on the lunar lander saying that we can't even speak between two buildings how are we going to speak on the surface of the moon? And then conveniently he died. So is that the first murder you're talking about or are there other murders? Well, there were other murders, but that's the most important ones because these aren't my opinions. They're the opinions of people close to the project who I interviewed. Okay. So the dead man's son, who's a 747 pilot. Gus Grissom's son for people talking about people might not right, know. Scott They're Grissom. Yeah. I interviewed him at length for hours. I interviewed Betty Grissom when she was alive. For hours, they're both 100% convinced that their husband, who would have been the first man to walk on the moon, that he was murdered by the CIA because the day before he burned alive in an alleged accident, he told his wife for some strange reason for the first time ever, the CIA is all over the launch pad the very next day. He dies in a, quote, accident. Now, they have forensic evidence that that fire was set deliberately. They asked me not to put it in a funny thing happened on the way to the moon because they were pursuing their own legal action. And I waited until after she died to release this information in my book, which is called Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list, which you can get at Sabrell, S-I-B-R-E-L dot com. Then I also release a deathbed confection. From the military police officer, chief of security, who was at a particular military base, which you have to buy the book to find out. But he was there. He stood beside President Johnson at this American military base on June 1st, 2nd and 3rd of 1968, while they filmed the fake first mission to the moon. He confessed so on his deathbed. He even confessed that he was aware of a homicide at his base that took place to keep the person from going public about it. And then another part of the book I've never told about are events that when I found this classified footage of fake photography, which you can see in the film, I was abducted by the CIA. I was drugged. I even escaped their custody. I peed in a cup, gave it to a friend to take to a lab in their name to kind of, you know, prove that I had been drugged by this exotic drug. I come to find out when my friend calls me up to give me the results of the drug analysis that there was a problem. And I'm like, well, what's the problem? He says, well, well the, that lab, uh, they had a break-in over the weekend. And I'm saying, yeah. And he said, well, strange thing. The only thing that was stolen was your urine sample. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so weird. That's very awkward that they would steal urine, you know, to, to cover that up. The CIA yeah, and very, mine, very, of all yeah. people, when I was about to prove that the government had drugged me with some exotic drug. But that see, the part, even if your urine came up with the most exotic drug, they'd say, oh, well, you're just a drug addict. You know what I mean? They would never believe well, you. No, you know? but the, the, a particular drug in there was something that is only available to people in like the government. A true serum type drug. True serum, sodium pentothal or something probably more advanced than that, because that one's been around for a while. And they were very concerned that I would have a lab report of this strange exotic drug, which they gave me. And, I, you know, it was so strong, I started vomiting and then they immediately had a clipboard with questions for me and i told them everything they wanted to know so the idea of needing to torture people that's simply not true you could bribe bin laden's mom for a billion dollars and i'm sure to, for the sake of her other 10 children she'd turn them in to help them survive for the rest of their lives and you have a drug that when you give it to somebody there in la la land they think you're the good guys and they tell you exactly whatever you ask them i know i, I was given that drug so uh, why they torture people it's just i guess retribution or they're you know sadistic i don't know it, it's weird that our own government 
persecuted people who waterboarded Americans who were POWs during World War II, and they hung them for doing it. And now America does it and says it's perfectly fine. I mean, that's how backwards our country has become. We were once an honorable nation. Now we fake moon landings and murder people who try to expose it and using the taxpayers' money to do that. That means your money or your parents' money was used to buy the wiring to kill an honorable astronaut because he was going to blow the whistle on the moon landing fraud. Americans paid for that. They paid for the homicide of their own brethren and to be deceived about the moon landings and many other things. And that's why our country is so messed up and why I believe if the truth about the moon landing comes out, even though it killed probably fewer people than other government fraud, it would get the public's attention more than any other because they cried, they prayed for them, they waved their flag, it's burned into their hearts as this great emotional accomplishment. And to know that that was completely contrived, I think the government, you know, will do whatever they can to prevent that from happening. Yeah, but you say that, but I think it was the second launch. People were complaining that the launch was interfering with their I Love Lucy uh, reruns or their, you know, their. Well, that's true. I mean, they say it's true because let's say, Alex, you and I, the or, or get get someone you know in our air and they say hey you know stop for a second because they're going to the south pole for the very first time on live tv yeah we'd probably stop and watch it six months later we're talking and they're doing it a second time do you think we're really too we think we'd watch it no it's too busy so yeah they want they were making money off of this every time they went to the moon it was billions and billions of dollars that they could allocate to you know, Cambodia or Laos or wherever Congress forbid them to spend money. So the more times they went to the moon, the more money they got from the taxpayer. So that's why Apollo 13 launched on April 13th at 1313 military time. They're so arrogant and has this, you know, accident mm-hmm. to bring the drama back into the program. And then that got a little bit more public support for the missions. And how did they they solve the Apollo 13? They use like a sock and they, I mean, so obviously it's fake. But I mean, you know, what was the story there that they use like a sock and a toilet paper roll or something like that? Something ridiculous to fix I think it was Legos. They Legos. Legos. Literally, yeah. wasn't it something mm-hmm. like that? I mean, yeah. it's just laughable. Okay, but uh, you, you, yeah. said, you said so much information. I want to get to it, though, that we, we talk about the shadows. You know, there's a thing called the inverse square law of light and that we can, you know, we can measure the amount of lumens that we get off the, the moon now. And then, you know, you can reverse engineer of how bright it would have been when the astronauts were on it. So wouldn't it have been as bright as like a light bulb when they're on it? Uh, you know, doesn't that not make sense? Just the just the the what they showed us on the screen that would it wouldn't even be like that. Wouldn't it have been much brighter? Well, they say it would be 20 times brighter than a desert on Earth at high noon because there's no atmosphere filtering the light. So the last thing you're going to need is electrical lighting. But we know for with 100 percent mathematical certainty that multiple pictures that they claim were taken on the moon were shot with electrical lighting because sunlight is always parallel and electrical light can intersect. And so if you have shadows intersecting at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart, it is shot with electrical light. It, there's no question. It can't, yeah. it can't be any other explanation, which means the picture was taken with electrical light, which means they're not on the moon. They're on Earth because they're not running electricity to lights on the moon when it's 20 times brighter than a desert at noon here on Earth. Right. Well, yeah, 100 percent. OK. And so in, in your in your you getting access to these astronauts, um, who is the astronaut that I guess, um, in your opinion, I would say Neil Armstrong, I guess, was the most stoic. But, you know, who is the one that you almost believe the most, even though I don't believe any of them. But like who gave you the, the most believable bullcrap is, for lack of a better word, Bart? 
well, none of them were believable at no. all. Sure. Uh, it, I would say the closest exception to that would be the one on the last mission because he had the benefit of training. Basically, I started out as an actor. I've been on stage and screen more than 500 times. I've probably personally taken, I don't know, 300 hours of acting lessons. I've also taught acting probably 50 to 80 hours worth. And I could tell from that experience that Eugene Cernan took acting lessons the way that he was trying to visualize, you know, his lies. However, you can see from astronauts gone wild as calm and collected as he appears to be there's big you know balls of sweat stains underneath his shirt because he's faking his sincerity and uh another eugene didn't he have issues with the glove mechanism was it eugene because you know a couple astronauts came back from when they were filming and they had scars all over their hands and so they say that these suits could go from you know uh you know basically 300 degrees and what is it like 200 degrees fahrenheit in the sun and then negative 200 degrees instantly yet they couldn't get the hand mechanism so was it eugene who had the issues with the hand that they could their hands hurt so bad they couldn't swing a golf club you know what i'm talking about yeah i always always heard that they got those scars on their hands from the loneliness on the long trip to the moon and back (laughs) but uh you know it could have been from the the golf swing you know apollo 18 i think they were going to bring a basketball team there uh, (laughs) because people were getting bored with playing golf and driving around on the moon i mean the whole idea that you would drive a car away from your only life support system that if the car broke down, you would run out of oxygen walking back. I mean, no one would do that. They were just so arrogant. They claimed that they had this, you know, vehicle sitting there in 250 degrees and they had a bank of what were virtually car batteries running three days nonstop and they got it down to 72 degrees. I mean, they're so arrogant. They should have said like 110 and we're sweating here, you know, it would have added a little realism to it, but that, that is just electrically impossible. I have a town car with a, I think it's an RV battery in it. And if I went out to a desert in a hundred degrees and turn off the engine and turn on the air conditioner, it might run 20 minutes. So, and that's to get 110 degrees down to maybe 80 degrees. So to claim that you can get 250 degrees down to 72 nonstop air conditioning for three days on about six or eight car batteries, it's just not mathematically possible. And that's why they destroyed all the electrical diagrams, schematics and blueprints of the rocket, because the fraud could be proven. You could prove from the Saturn V that it didn't even have enough fuel to leave Earth orbit. We found documentation from Von Braun where he said the amount of fuel to go nonstop from the Earth to the moon is the following, and these figures are irrefutable. Like two plus two will always equal four. He said, look, you're going to need a rocket that's 10 times the tonnage of the Queen Mary, and it's going to have to weigh a minimum of 800,000 tons. Now, the Saturn V weighed 2,500 tons. It's a difference of 30,000 percent. So if he says these are the irrefutable mathematical numbers, they might change 5 percent, but they're certainly not going to change 30,000 percent the day after Kennedy says we'll go to the moon in this decade. And he goes, oops, let me redo the numbers. You know, the guy was about to be arrested by the State Department for war crimes for being a line Nazi. Wait, and, who, Warner Von Braun? Who is Warner it? Warner Von Braun. Wait, 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 and, wait, wait. He was about to be arrested because we knew that he was a war criminal. So so why, why do you think all of a sudden they were going to arrest him, though? Well, because why did it take? There was a guy who firebombed a church in Alabama, like in the 50s or 60s, and everyone knew who it was. Everyone knew who did it. And the guy finally goes to jail when he's 90 years old. I don't know why the justice you know, system take that long, except for Timothy McVeigh, who was you know, found guilty and executed in less than 12 months. 
But with that exception, uh, you know, the, they, the State Department was finally catching up with World War II war criminals. I mean, there were several movies about them in the 80s. They were still catching these guys. And the State Department said they were this close to arresting the guy. Had he not died, he would have been arrested. So maybe he didn't die. Because when I got this list, not only do I have an eyewitness who was there when they filmed Apollo 11, we have the code name for the project, the military base where it was filmed, the dates it was filmed. He gave me a list of 15 people who were allowed in to eyewitness the thing. And I called up uh, one of those people on the list who was Gene Cernan one of the flight directors at NASA. And uh, apparently these guys have like scrambled video conferencing equipment in their homes, you know, retired so they can have private confidential calls with their fake moon landing buddies, I guess, to laugh about it or something. Apparently when I called, he thought I was tech support for that device. He was apparently have trouble with the device. He picked up the phone and said, is this, you know, like tech support about the, satellite com conference video call with Cernan, which has to be Eugene Cernan, who allegedly died two years before I made that phone call. So Eugene Cernan is apparently alive and well and just didn't want to deal with all the 50th anniversary questions. And so for all we know, Von Braun died so that he wouldn't be prosecuted and, you know, moved to South America or somewhere. So you think these guys did go to Epstein Island, for lack of a better word? Yeah, I just use that as, you know, that's well, you know, one thing someone told me about years ago, which is true. One of the identifying marks of a person is their earlobe. It's sort of Mm -hmm. like a fingerprint. And uh, I I came upon two, quote, celebrities who were, uh, I think, about 20 or 30 years difference in age but they're they're like twins when you look at them at the same age they have the exact same earlobe and, and the mole in the exact same place so i mean there was a picture of epstein when he was alive and there's this real earlobe and if you and a, a zoom in of it the looks corpse, totally different a, yeah, a zoom I know, in of the corpse, really you know weird. coming out you zoom in on that earlobe turn it 90 degrees put them side by side it's a different person so I think Epstein is still alive. Little side note. And apparently Eugene Sherman's alive and maybe, you know, Neil Armstrong. I don't know. They faked the moon landing, which was in every newspaper, every TV station, every radio station. And they got away with that. So I think faking one death would probably be a pretty easy thing for them to do. Yeah, that that is really easy for them to do. Okay, so tell me this. We talked about the rocketry of Warner von Braun saying they would need like something the size of the Queen Mary or three Queen Marys. I forget exactly what it was. But um, why were we able to go 237,000 miles there on one tank of gas? Like, why? you know, I mean, isn't that pretty laughable that we wouldn't need any of the same power? And I know that it's, it's you know, what is it? One twentieth of the uh, the atmosphere on the moon. But wouldn't we at least need one twentieth of the, the power to get back? I mean, minimum. Well, like I said, we found early publications from Bron Braun, and he said it's irrefutable. It's, it can't be changed. It is what it is. It's going to take a rocket weighing 800,000 tons, most of which is fuel, to go to the moon and back, and the Saturn V only weighed 2,500 tons. We also found another publication from his that says even if you were to attempt that, you, there would be no way to financially build such a rocket, something that big with that much fuel, he said it would be an economic impossibility, meaning it would cost tens of billions of dollars just for that piece of equipment alone that no one would waste the money on it. And he said the only alternative would be to fuel 
uh, ferry fuel to a, a space station. So you lift fuel and more fuel and more fuel, kind of like bringing it up to a gas See, that station. That kind of makes and, sense that you'd have to refill if there's any, if it was ever going to be possible. You'd have to have something to put gas in it to come back at least because right. And of course, the space station wasn't finished until the 21st century. So he said you basically had to have a space station in order to reach the moon. And they somehow reached the moon without a space station that he said was absolutely required in an earlier publication. So we know they didn't go to the moon. We have photographic evidence, video evidence and firsthand eyewitness evidence. The question is, you know, we also have 3000 architects and engineers risking their reputations, saying it's impossible for a pinhole airplane to go through a grid steel structured building and to cause any structural damage. Basically, it'd be like a pencil through a screen door. The screen door is not going to collapse by a pencil going through it. It's too strong of a grid. And and yet, 20 years later, not a single case has gone to court in 20 years. And we have 3,000 professionals saying explosives did not bring it down and nothing happens. You have three quarters of Americans say that Oswald did not kill Kennedy nothing happens you have a law written because of a dramatic film by oliver stone and only because of that film congress writes this little you know ridiculous law that says in 2017 we'll release the kennedy assassination files and it has a little clause there unless the current president at that time decides not to that means you might as well write a law saying i promise not to punch you unless i change my mind yeah, you know, let me cut you off. I know it's ridiculous, document. but let me cut you off. So, what what do you think of JFK? Because you know he was. They said you know becoming very disenfranchised with the idea of going to the moon because they kept on telling him he needs money, and he was considered himself somewhat of a socialist. He realized, I think, you know, that's this is just you know this is a uh, conspiracy tinfoil hat stuff. I'm saying is you know they say that he realized knew that we couldn't go to the moon, and that he said, hey, let's just you know put a whole kibosh on the thing. And then when he did that, the CIA was like, no, no, we need this for black operations. And that was in motivation for killing him. So what, what do you think about that theory is that he was going to, you know, kind of not in well, the NASA program, but in the moon mission because he knew it was it was impossible. Well, I think the main reason he was killed is because he was about to disband the CIA. The second reason is he had actually started printing money directly out of the Treasury without going to the bankers. Uh, if you get a five dollar bill from 1963 at a collector shop, it's only like ten, fifteen dollars. It says United States note at the top instead of Federal Reserve note. So I think those two reasons were. Well, what why is that? I want to buy one. A nineteen sixty three five dollar bill. I want to buy one, and, it, and it's okay. I need to look that up. I want to buy one. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, cool. it says at the top United States note because what happened was around the time he was uh, basically starting the paperwork going on, basically shutting down the CIA. Just, just. Dismantling it, just said we don't need it anymore. World yeah. War Two is over. Uh, he said, "Hey, with the economy, we need to put more money in the economy." He told the Treasury Secretary to print some money, and the Treasury Secretary said, "Well, I'll, I'll have to check with my overlords, uh, known as the bankers." And uh, he said, "Well, I thought we printed our own money," and he, and he's like, "Well, no, actually, we don't." It says Federal Reserve note on there to make it look like the federal government. But as you and it's heard, not a federal government bank for the people, you know, no. there's nothing. No, it's not. It's not in the blue pages. <laughs> Neither is Federal Express. It's just a clever term they use. And that's why Alan Greenspan admits so arrogantly there's nobody above us. Nobody can tell us what to do, not even the president or Congress. So in any case, he says, well, that's stupid. We're going to start printing our own money. He does so. And he's dead about a month or so later. 
so I, I, I don't know that I've mentioned this before, uh, and it's not in the book, but I have seen a document one time. Someone contacted me. Uh, I think it was in 2009. He was a member of Kennedy's administration, and he showed me a document where they were discussing faking the moon landing as early as Kennedy's administration. Of course, you know, he was discussing the CIA's idea of bombing Americans, killing Americans. The CIA says, like, we got a great idea. Let's kill hundreds of Americans and blame Cuba. And the they're willing Operation to do this. North was they were going yeah, to hijack. Can you planes. imagine they would even suggest such a thing? Americans in charge of our government say this is a great idea. Bart, of kill course, hundreds of Americans. They killed millions Cuba. of Bart, They killed a million Muslims with drone strikes. They don't care about killing people. Of course not. But the point is, the public should care that these are our overlords and they're still in power. And you know what I mean? And so Kennedy got the idea from the same CIA, you know, who proposed killing millions of hundreds of Americans. Now it's probably millions. But in any case, and he said, no, we're going to pass. Not going to do that. And apparently he passed on faking the moon landing. But I did see a document one time from the Kennedy administration and uh, they were discussing it sooner than I thought. I thought that was probably discussed in Johnson's term. And that's the whole thing. Johnson was there when they faked the moon landing. He's a Democrat. He was smiling when he got sworn in, too. Have you seen that famous photo, Bart, where well, he's on the airplane and he has a smirk on his face? Yeah, there's a lot of strength. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt for as long as possible. I said, well, no. he probably didn't have anything to do with it, but they knew the kind of person he was and that he would succeed Kennedy. And then they'd have their guy in there. But then when I saw an interview with his mistress and she says the day before Kennedy was killed, he said, you know, after tomorrow, I won't have to deal with those darn Kennedys anymore. Then I guess he was in on it. So, you know, I tried to give him the benefit of that. The point is Democrat blue, you know, Johnson approved the faking of the moon landing and red, Republican Nixon approved it also. So the idea that there's any difference in corruption level between the blue Democrats and the red Republicans, that's just not true at all. Both wings are on the same burden. We know Nixon was, you know, a very crooked guy, probably not as bad as they say, you know, considering all the espionage that are, you know, presidents do today, he probably was pretty milquetoast in comparison, but still, you know, he would, he would, you know, he wanted to use the moon landing as a, you know, uh, uh, arrow in his quiver of, you know, accomplishments. Well, not exactly. Uh, For example, Johnson was actually eligible to run for reelection in 1968 because his first term was less than two years. He took over Kennedy toward the end of the first term. So he was actually eligible to run for president in 1968 like he won in 1964. But he refused to do it. No one understood why. We're going to nominate you anyway, they said. He said, I'll turn it down. Why would he not be president when he could be? Because he knew they were about to fake the moon missions. And who knew that would work? What if you got caught faking the moon missions as president? Oh, so you think that? Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. That's why he didn't run for reelection. And that's also why Nixon was not at the launch. Can you imagine America going to the moon for the very first time? I mean, presidents show up at the first game of the World Series and you're not going to show up at the launch to put men on the moon because he knew they weren't there. And if it came out, then he'd have there'd be pictures of him for all time shaking hands with Neil Armstrong. Right. Yeah. So he wanted to literally distance himself from it, make sure they could get away with it. Then he shows up for like the you know third or fourth launch. 
He wanted plausible deniability at the beginning. That's and right. then, then he realized, oh, yeah, th- that these it was easy. They're so gullible. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's another thing, guys. If you look into it, they didn't even give any of the newscasters footage of it. They actually had them film a TV screen of it inside <laughs> the studio. Yeah, but they didn't want high resolution. So basically, if you remember the first projection TVs that came out, they were like on a curved screen in your house. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was like from the early 70s or actually late 70s. So what they did is they had projection quality from the 1960s. So they took the images from the moon. They projected them on this big screen. They put a TV camera filming the projection, ran that to a monitor and had the news team film the monitor. So it was like fourth or fifth generation by the time it went out. They wanted it fuzzy. So then around 2009, Ron Howard comes along, wants to do this IMAX film showing all the moon footage, you know, 100 feet by 120 feet. And they go, well, give us a second while we look for this stuff. And in the next few days, they lose it so that it will not be transferred to HD. And then the only machine that will play it back, they disassemble it and throw all the parts in the ocean. Yeah. So that even if the tapes were found, you couldn't do anything with it. So it's it's so unbelievable when you see this film commemorating Ron Howard's, you know, miss sincere belief that they went to the moon when his grandfather warned him they did not. Is that 90, true? Wait, real quick. I didn't know that. Is that so? Ron yeah, his Howard grandfather is- told him they didn't go. Don't believe it. He didn't listen. Wow. And so 95 percent of the film to that's a documentary about going to the moon are reenactments in a TV studio. And the part that's real, they shrink down to like 10% of the IMAX screen because they got it from Blockbuster Video. You can even say they see the VHS tracking line in the bottom. And they were so embarrassed of the resolution in IMAX, they made it tiny. And that's because there's so little footage. All the pictures from the surface of the moon, still pictures from Apollo 11, there's only about 20 of them. And there's not a single picture of Neil Armstrong in a still picture on the surface of the moon. He refused to have his picture taken. I even personally went to the archives and said, can I please see a picture of the most famous man in the world and the most famous mission of the world standing on the surface of the moon? They go in and out. They go in and out. They're scratching their heads. They go in and out. There isn't one. I thought there would be one. You know, they say, well, he was taking the pictures. That's why he's not in them. But I think if there's a 500 degree temperature distance difference between, you know, shadow and light, micrometeorites, radiation, you might want to have a backup camera. I mean, when you go to the Eiffel Tower, you've got like 20, 30 pictures of you standing. There's not a single picture with the earth in the background over a shoulder of an astronaut because they couldn't fake the turning. They couldn't fake the continents. They couldn't fake the, uh, you know, position of the clouds that would have to match satellite pictures and all that. They couldn't fake well, that's it. That's why so they don't all. have any stars either. I mean, when you ask them, I mean, when you ask the, you know, the press conference after it, they look like their dog had just died. That's one of the best memes of the whole thing. It's like, you show like, you know, football team wins a championship. They're all, you know, celebrating the champagne. It's like first guys get back from the moon and they all literally look like they're at a funeral. I know because they're lying through their teeth about the greatest accomplishment of mankind and they feel terrible about it. You can see it on their faces. They even have teleprompters hidden to the desk to be prompted on the they're supposed to be the only people who know what it's like to be on the moon. And yet they're being prompted on how to answer questions about what their experience was like. If you well, can imagine that. Yeah, because wasn't it Michael Collins that saved Buzz when he said he didn't see what was it? He's like, yeah, did you see stars on the moon? He's like, I don't even remember. It's like, how do you not remember what you saw? You right. guys are the, the only ones the, there. Yeah, I mean, so a reporter from Great Britain asked 
them if they remember seeing stars. Neil Armstrong says, I don't remember. Buzz flinches because it's not in the, you know, protocol of an answer. And Michael Collins tries to, you know, cover for him. I don't remember seeing any, but wait a minute, he wasn't there. He was orbiting the spacecraft. So if you get a transcript of it, the, the guy saying, I don't remember seeing any, that they actually, Michael Collins said it. You can see him say it on film, but on the transcript, which is all people had at the time, they change it and they say Buzz Aldrin said that because Michael Collins wasn't there. Yeah, he and was in the, the rover, or not the rover, but that, that see, that story is laughable. Is how would this, with, with technology less than a TI-83 calculator, how are they able to keep a craft in the orbit of the moon and then magically uh, GPS without any controls? Because I don't ever remember seeing a steering mechanism inside of it. Did it even have a... a, a well, they, of... yeah, they, they supposedly did, but the point is, yeah, if they were off, uh, you have the command module allegedly, you know, orbiting anywhere between three and 4,000 miles an hour, synchronizing with the vehicle starting at zero miles per hour. And if they're off by what I calculated was anything more than one-tenth of a second, they would miss each other, and that would be it. They'd be dead. And so, you know, the whole thing has so many preposterous claims about it, the most obvious of which is if they really went to the moon on the first attempt with 1960s technology, they would have been on Mars 10 years later in another solar system by now, and there'd be bases all over the moon. If they can only go to the moon 1,000th the distance today, how could they have 1,000 times greater capability 50 years ago with five decades old technology? It's the exact opposite of logical. And yet people still want to think that they go. I talked to a professor of an aerospace university, and I said, okay, what if you saw one of the astronauts tearfully confess I'm sorry we didn't go. We lied. I'm so sorry. He said, I would still think they went to the moon. Well, it's called cognitive dissonance <laughs> where you know that the government lies to us, but you still think that they're telling the truth because, you know, they think that they have our best interests, which is the farthest thing from the truth. I mean, mm. obviously, they don't have that. Um, but people are under, you know, basically mass hypnosis. You're right. Like people have this emotional investment in the moon and it's too hard to shatter that illusion. You know, they don't want to. It's like a harsh reality. It's a pill they don't want to swallow. Um, but, you know, another thing is when we talked about it. Well, I remember I was I remember this. The, the cost of just one moon mission could have bought two million single family homes. Is that correct? Or something roughly like that? Bart? That's correct. Basically, they could. Let's just say they could go to the moon. They could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, should they? I mean, it's a dead rock and you would just be doing it to boast. Hey, we could do it while half the world doesn't have clean drinking water. Hey, you're, I'm with you on that. And then, what yeah, about- you know, is that really a good use of two hundred billion dollars? Because I think one of the Kennedy tapes revealed after he had committed America to going to the moon by the end of the decade, he said, I wish I hadn't said that because we could desalinate the, the ocean water for the entire continent of Africa permanently with that amount of money and probably had left over. So, yeah, it's really not a good use of money, even if they could do it. And another thing to add is, you know, there's two possibilities. You know, they they went to the moon, they planted the rock, yippee, hooray. Or they lied about it. They murdered people. It's in all the encyclopedias. You know, the government is still doing the same. You see, the faking of the moon landing is more profound historically than if they'd actually gone. So when you realize they really lied about the moon landing, 
that's a, a big truth that needs to be told. Otherwise, the, the society and humanity will not progress and we will be under the thumb of these people because the same people who killed Kennedy faked the Gulf of Tonkin, which they admit they faked. Mm-hmm. False flag attacks to, to, to get us into Vietnam. Who, who did 9-11, who, who faked the moon landing, they're still in charge. They're using our money to deceive us and to murder people who try to expose their crimes. That's going on right now. Shouldn't that situation change? Isn't this relevant? I mean, if William Benny, who worked for the NSA for 30 years, goes on national TV, mainstream media and says, oh, by the way, I witnessed president's phone calls senators phone calls and supreme court justices private cell phones being monitored by the spy agencies to collect dirt on them to blackmail them into voting a particular way it's an established fact no one contradicts it there's not an investigation of any kind how can that be how can it be it's an established fact that the nsa is blackmailing supreme court justices and there's not an investigation unless the government every department is corrupt at the top and people are so afraid of being murdered for doing what is right. Hello, people. You're going to die anyway. So yeah. you might as well die for what is right. Yeah, but nobody wants to do that. Uh, and, and this is another thing is I don't like when people argue with. I mean, that's the whole idea of honeypotting. And they honeypot even lower politicians down to mayors and city council members. Probably they'll, they'll probably they'll, hospital administrators. Seriously, literally uh, CEOs, anybody. CEOs of Coca-Cola, uh, CEOs of Twinkie Corporation, you know, McDonald's CEOs. It is so the CIA and all those corruptive people are at every level of society more than you would think. Okay. So I do a lot of moon debates and, you know, I obviously have a lot of facts, but one I don't like, and I, this is easy to debunk is, Oh, well we can shoot a laser off the moon. And if you see that, you know, they go to a computer and it's like, just, you know, they say, Oh, they shoot a laser off. Then like some, a sheet of paper comes out. They're like, Oh, we hit it. Yet USC was able to shine a laser off it even before in 1967 or 68, I believe. So what do you say to those people? Like, Oh, we can shoot a laser off. It. That's the one that makes me. Really Actually, upset. they did it 10 years before that. There's a 1957 and 58 publication of Scientific American where they bounced lasers off to the moon because of its reflective surface. Yeah. So all they did is they chose landing sites that have reflective surfaces so that they could claim a man-made object is bouncing a laser off of that. The Soviets put reflective uh, mirrors on the moon with unmanned probes. So, you, you know, it means nothing. They're, and by the way, they're just coming back as numbers on a screen. Exactly. That's what you know I'm what saying. I mean? You're not that's- actually seeing the reflection. And even if you could, it can bounce off the moon without a mirror. That was established in 1957. Yeah. So that that is no proof at all. And you, you got to understand people who are in ground control central at the beginning of a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. I do that dolly shot past, you know, Houston control when they're about to go to the moon for the very first time. And everyone there is sitting there, kicked back, watching television to the seconds before they go to the moon because it's on autopilot. A guy who worked there said, I could tell no difference between a real flight and a simulation. So all they did is it's just numbers going by numbers that, uh, you know, they're 10,000 feet from the surface number. They're 5,000 feet numbers. They have two gallons uh, left or 20 gallons left. It's just a bunch of numbers. It's very easy to fake that, especially when a computer operator says he can tell no difference between a practice flight and a real one. You know what I mean? And then there's no independent press coverage. It's not like you can have reporters on the ground covering the event. No, trust us. All the TV and pictures that you just have to assume are coming from trusty 
Patrick Richard Nixon that they are, you know, telling you the truth. It was actually so easy to fake. And who knew they would lie about such an important thing? And then once people accepted it as true, trying to tell them otherwise, like taking candy from a baby. OK, well, here, I'm going to I want to pull this up real quick. This is like the most famous uh, uh, thing ever here. Let's do a screen share so the people can see at home. And this is this is the the punch heard around the world, folks. So this is a huge thing. Let me let me pull this up for everybody to to see at home. OK, last side. So, Bart, this is the most famous punch. But the reason why I bring this up is because you had a private interview with uh, with Buzz before and Buzz said, oh, you know, ask NASA. I wasn't even in charge. So here, let's just play this little clip for the people at home. This is legendary. I'll let you walk on the moon. Please. Why don't you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon? And why wouldn't they? And, you know, it's funny, Bart, that who came up with that idea to do the uh, uh, swear on the Bible? Because it seems like a pretty, you know, simple you know, pretty. Well, I, did. I, I guess I'd seen, you know, Perry Mason as a kid and swearing the Bible to tell the truth in court. I thought, hey, why not, why not just ask these guys? I've had private talks with Buzz. He told me he believes in God. And that's probably why he didn't swear. The few astronauts that did swear on the Bible and astronauts gone wild admitted they were atheists. Now, if I really walked on the moon. And someone thought otherwise, I would find that hysterically funny. I mean, are you are you okay? You want me to swear on two Bibles? But the way he reacted is if I came up to him in front of his wife and said, Oh yeah, your mistress, she says hello. How dare you say that in front of my wife here? And so he's mad because I'm exposing the truth. Because otherwise it'd be like throwing a feather at him. To yeah. say he didn't walk on the moon when he did. Why would you be mad at someone throwing a feather at you? He got angry because it's true. And as you pointed out, in Astronauts Gone Wild, before this event, I have a sit-down interview with him where I showed him the fake footage of the one-foot model, which he photographed from the spacecraft in Earth orbit, pretending to be halfway to the moon. And he says, oh, this makes you a real famous person for having discovered this. Well, how could I become famous if I'm wrong? And then he says, well, we were just passengers. Talk to NASA. And, of course, passengers just orbit the moon for eight days. Pilots land. So he admitted he never piloted the craft that both they, we were just passengers, and he accused me of wanting to propel my career by this discovery. Well, how could my career be propelled if it wasn't proving the truth, right? Okay, here, so, and, and, and what's the backstory here? Because he's at this is at Beverly Hills. This is a really nice area of Los Angeles, and and what is it? Some really nice hotel, and you you had a room there too, and he was staying there. How, how did you get with him? Like, how did you? Because my question is, you interviewed him. It looked like at his office somewhere. That was a different thing. So this was just kind of an ambush. Because I I've ambushed politicians and tried to get information from. Them, so I kind of and we're kind of cut from the same cloth. I, I you know I know what this is like. It's kind of awkward. But how did you know who's going to be here at this time? Well, the first interview he was it was about a year before this. He was uh, promoting a book, making money off of the lie that he walked on the moon when he didn't. And so he assumed that the interview was about his book. So he gave it and then I showed him the footage. He got mad and then threatened to sue us if I showed his remarks, which twice admitted that I was right to anybody. And on this particular instance, uh, he was being interviewed by a Japanese production company who I had worked with on two other occasions in Japan. And I was their surprise guest. Keep in mind, when a criminal is at large and they haven't been caught and they've been deceptive and they're indirectly involved in murders of people who are trying to expose their crime and they, their whole life is based on a lie. I don't even call it an ambush interview. It's just doing good journalistic work. I mean, if we have to you know, surprise a criminal in order to catch them in their crime, I think that's 
a perfectly legitimate thing to do. So that's that's what happened here. He got mad. Uh, he wouldn't swear on the Bible. And, uh, you know, he, he punched me. And then the it's so amazing. You know, we have eyewitnesses that he punched me. We have it on camera. And, I'm, and I asked the DA of Beverly Hills, are you going to prosecute the guy? He says, well, no, we don't. We won't prosecute a national hero. I mean, how pathetic is that, that our national heroes are liars and that because he's such a good liar, we're going to let him get away with crimes. Because if I had punched him off to jail, I go. But he punches me perfectly fine to do, according to the police department. You know, what kind of country is that? Well, it's a, it's kind of country that fakes a moon landing. Okay, let's watch. Let's see mm. a little bit. One who said you walked on the moon when you didn't. Calling the kettle black. I've ever thought of saying Were I misrepresent. And I have to admit, your cameraman is a little nervous. Like they barely got this because there was a times where you told them it kept filming. So were they scared? I mean, for rightfully. No, so. actually, that's not the case at all. Basically, the woman in the middle with the yellow shirt with her back to us, that is uh, Buzz Aldrin's uh, stepdaughter. Okay. And she kept trying to block the camera with her hand. So the cameraman, I wasn't aware at the time what he was doing. He took it off his shoulder and kind of held it down here, pointed up to make it look like he wasn't filming when he really was that's why i said put it back on your shoulder i wasn't aware that he was trying to do even a better job than i expected him oh, to do. so that's yeah. why he had it down here he wanted to fake him out make it look like he wasn't filming still whenever i do most interviews i tell them to turn the switch off on the red light on the camera anyway so people don't know whether we're filming or not yeah. so that's what he was uh doing basically doing a better job than i'd even thought did he I even get a good question let's watch it this is a and a liar and a thief I mean, did that hurt? I mean, because I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, that it actually hurt my tooth for a, for a while, and it you know threw me back. Um, and how old know, is he? How old is he at this time? He's pretty. Well, old. I don't know. I think that was two thousand and two, so that would have been twenty years ago. So he would have been seventy at the time, and that would have put me at about forty-five. I'm sorry, thirty-five. Bam! I just can't believe he had the the gall to even punch you. I mean, look at that. Well, you know, the, the, the reason, if you, if you look at it, why he punched me, it wasn't because I called him a liar, just... and it wasn't because I called him a thief. I called him a thief because he just got paid, we paid him, $2,000 to give an interview about something he didn't do. So that's pretty much stealing the money from us. Yeah. He's a liar for obvious reasons. It was the coward that really made him mad. How dare you say I'm a coward? But it's true because he's afraid of embarrassing himself. He could come forward at any time and say, I'm sorry, we didn't go to the moon. I want to clear my conscience, but that would embarrass him. He's afraid cowardly about being embarrassed. Yeah. So he, he that is true. That statement is true. And he got mad. Well, I've been in war and I've been in this and that. You know what's stronger than, than war is your ego. And so he would not give up his ego. He would not be known as the man who lied about going to the moon. And therefore, he's afraid, cowardly, about being known for what he actually did. But see, these guys would be heroes if, if, if like Neil Armstrong basically did. He said, and you, you know, played that it's like, you know, some of you young kids, you're speaking at the White House during the anniversary. It's like some of you will prove some of Earth's unprovable truths. What did he say exactly? Something like that. Basically kind of like a dog whistle. Like you guys need to look this up for yourself. Wouldn't they have been a huge hero if after the fact in their, you know, in their twilight years, they said, hey, you know what? 
you guys are, might not believe me, but it was fake. I had to fake it. I was a government agent. I was ex-military. At this point, you know, you know, they killed my mom. They, you know, killed Gus Grissom. I didn't have a choice. I had to do this. We didn't go. They, wouldn't they be a hero? Wouldn't that actually be in a my, hero? In my eyes, I would, I would call them a hero publicly for yeah. telling the truth because that's, you know, I, I've sinned. Everybody sinned. And, you know, the great thing, if you believe in God, the only thing you have to do to take hold of the free gift of eternal life is to confess your sin and work at not doing it again. But think about this, Alex, however old you are, however long you've been watching TV, have you ever seen a news story where someone who was at large, they got away with rape, murder, robbery, got a conscience, went to the police and said, I want to turn myself in. I've never seen it happen. And it maybe has, that's, it has but very for rarely there. Has yeah, I've never it. seen it. Yeah. But the point is, Jesus says, wide is the gate. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. And most people go that way. Narrow is the way to life. And only a few find it. So very few people are laying down their ego and saying, I sinned. I'm wrong. And I do everything I can not to do it again. That's a very narrow group of people, apparently. And only those people will live forever. You know, the greatest scripture to me, not the most pleasant, but the most profound is what good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? Because when Jesus says the tribulation in the last days will be so severe that unless God intervenes at the end, which he will do, no one will survive. You know what? I take that to mean, Alex, that these people doing the current event for the last two years, doing 9-11, they're going to succeed. They, they will succeed. And so be it. They will have gained the world and lost their soul. And all of their victims will have a much greater chance at entering eternal life than they will. And unless someone lives forever after this life, their whole point is a complete failure. You know, you're either after judgment day, you're thrown into the fire and you're burned up and you're dead forever or you live forever. That's just it. You know, there aren't people in hell being tortured forever. God's not a torturer. The gift of eternal life is to the redeemed. So if people are in hell being tortured forever, they also have eternal life, right? That contradicts the Bible. It says you're destroyed. The fire destroys you just like a bug. You're just it's just dead forever. Yeah. It's not going off. I'd only moved a few inches. Right. You know, so this is very serious because everyone is going to die. I'm going to die. Buzz Aldrin is going to die. And then what? Well, not There's Elon no Musk. Elon Musk is going to upload his consciousness <laughs> to a computer. He's not going to die. Yeah, not, yeah really. Like afraid. that, like that could ever be possible, even with a million a million uh, years of technology, because the Bible talks about this. It says only a man and God knows his own thoughts. So there is no way of translating the thoughts, the character, the entity of a person into a machine. It's not possible, even if you had a million years to do it. The only way to live forever is to turn yourself into the creator. And those who don't believe in a creator, that means things made themselves. Show me any car that made itself. Show me how a bee and a flower could make themselves when they're 100 dependent on each other. Figure that one out. Yeah, well, so. I mean, that, that's I mean, the bee is also it's like, you know, I think it flaps its wings like a thousand times a second. I mean, how could that evolve? I mean, was there a point where it was only flying, you know, flapping ninety nine times a second? That's right, because if it evolved just, the flying, that means there was a time where it didn't fly, which means it would die because it couldn't get the nectar, right? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, that, that's another thing. That's a psychological operation is they want you to feel meaningless, like your life is worthless and that, you know, there isn't an afterlife and that. 
you know, you're just some sort of cosmic accident. Yeah. At one point we had 8,000 great, 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 great grandparents and that all had to have sex or all, you know, just a lot of things had to go right for us to even be here, but they don't want us to be appreciative of that. They want us to actually disregard that and throw away our life. And just, well, if, you know, if this, if this life, you see, you're, you're onto something now. It's because if this life is all that we have, then people will give in to blackmail mm-hmm. and they will give in to bribery to do what is wrong rather than that's right. And that's why when William Benny says that, Supreme Court justices are being blackmailed by the intelligence departments. Everyone's afraid to to bring it out into the open for fear they'll be killed because all that they have in their mind is this life. And I'll do everything to protect it. I'll take a bribe. I'll submit to blackmail. And that's why there's so much cowardice in the federal government among people who could make a difference. Hey, people, you're going to die anyway. So you might as well go out in a blaze of glory doing what is right and be known for all time for taking a stand against evil because good people in the government outnumber evil people by far. It's just that the evil people are at the very top. They're appointed by corrupt presidents to head the FBI, to head the Justice Department, to head the CIA. And if a rank and file person in the Justice Department says we need to prosecute this congressman senator for corruption, if they're told not to, they don't do it because they have to follow what their boss says. Well, tell me this, though. Why haven't they killed? And I mean, this all due respect. Why haven't they killed you, Bart? Well, the code is to not go after the recipient of the whistleblower's information, but instead to go after the whistleblower. So what happened was when I was put in touch with the gentleman who was there at the time it was filmed, his life was threatened to be killed. And when he died and I confirmed these details with their surviving relative, their house was broken into, even though they had security cameras, password, everybody, all that was disabled. And then two days later, they were met face to face and they were told they would kill them if they spoke to me again about this. So it's like uh, the guy who leaked the fraud in the Democratic Party about you know, Bernie Sanders getting more votes, but fewer delegates. They didn't go after the recipient of it, which would be my equivalent, but they went after the person who leaked it. That's their kind of code of ethics. So, and they do know, have some plus, sort of code of the, ethics. Uh, the People might not believe of God. What's that? I'm saying there is some sort of weird code of ethics that they follow, like rules of engagement when it even comes to like. Murder well, they, they warn stuff. people. You may know uh, Dr. F said on January 10th, 2017, that there will be a surprise outbreak during Trump's first term. Not might be, not could be, will be. And if you know about the Diego report that came out in 2015, 2016, 2017 for population projections of the U.S. and every country in the world in 2025, you know that originally in 2016, they predicted the population of America in 2025 as 54 million people. So I'm not sure what's going to happen to yeah. 290 million people, but uh, something. No, they do, so they, there is some sort of warning us in advance. Well, they say, you know, uh, there's like clear footage of Bill Gates saying that we're overpopulated. And yet, like, you know, he's the guy that's trying to save everybody's life. So it's just very, kind of very contradictory. Uh, and it, we, it's still on YouTube. Bill Gates says, here are the things we can do to lower the population. This, this vaccines and this. Well, don't say that word. Okay. Uh, they're oh, all safe and effective and we love them. They're so good. Thank oh, sorry. You, I, I, did, yeah, yeah. I did say that word, yeah. didn't I? Don't me. say that at all. Uh, we'd love those. Um, but this is the thing is we kind of got to wrap things up. It's been a good interview. You know, I got a million questions for you, but, you know, we only have so much time. So will this ever get exposed? Because sadly, I'm kind of what they call black pill, kind of nihilistic, like. 
They're never going to. This is. I hate that thing. Well, it would have been easier. It would have been easier to go to the moon than to fake it. You know, you've heard that. It's like, when are we going to expose them? Because at some point, it's going to get to where our technology is so advanced. They're going to be like, ah, uh, this doesn't make sense. The timeline. You know, you and I have discernment. Yeah. But somebody, I mean, so, like when we're dead and gone, a hundred years from now, if they're still, if we're still cooking, there's still people, you know, grinding in China and on Earth. They're gonna have to be like, that's laughable, that's fake. So, when, in your opinion, will it ever get exposed, if it ever will? Well, you know, originally when I started this project, mind you, I was financed by a board member of an aerospace company who builds rockets for NASA. Who knows we didn't go? That's my millionaire financier. I thought we'll never have proof in my lifetime. I pop in the tape that says don't show to the public. And we do have proof of the faking the footage right in front of your eyes with the CIA on the third track of audio telling them how to fake a radio delay. There were some Americans who thought there'll never be a black president in our lifetime. And they were surprised and we had a black president. So, I mean, my guess would be my hope is that it will come out and it will humble America in a good way and will cause reform. What is likely, though, to happen is some event like the current event for two years that seems to be doing this to the number of people on the earth. Uh, I think they're trying to pre lower the number of people on the earth before a particular event that would kill a lot of people all at once, a cosmic event, like a comet asteroid, something like that. It's my opinion. Something like that is likely to happen probably within the next eight years or less. They're getting ready for that event by doing this to the population with this. So, if that's the case, you're probably right. If if such an event weren't coming, the truth would eventually come out. But by the time, I mean, if Diego report is right, within virtually two years or, or a little bit more, the number of people in this country could be reduced by 85%. Now, at that point, they're not going to care about whether the moon landings are fake or 9-11 was an inside job or whatever. They're going to wonder where they're going to get their water from. Well, Bart, so, do you think it'll be a cataclysmic event? I believe what's going to happen is very soon they're going to say they're going to have technology that the metaverse is, you know, you're going to be able to, you won't even be able to discern the metaverse from reality and that, you know, you'll be able to. No, you, the, and, the, and the whole metaverse thing is simply to distract people. So if you don't you, think if, there will be some sort of virtuality world like ready player one where people because we already kind of have it on social media where you have your fake life it's like vanilla I mean, sky I, I, can, I can daydream right here looking at you and daydream to the point where i'm there in my daydream with my eyes wide open so virtual reality is just going to trick people with less of an imagination to momentarily believe they're in this fictionalized world but it can't be permanent and they can't and all do you know consciousness uh, not separate the difference. They will. All that stuff is simply to distract people. I mean, right now, people are spending the equivalent of two and a half work weeks, something like 100 hours a month watching television. So if they're commuting uh, an hour or two on an eight hour you know, job and they're watching 100 hours of, of television a month and they have to eat and go to the dry cleaner, then the time that's left over is about 30 minutes, you know, after sleep. How are they going to change the world in 30 minutes? You know what I mean? I just don't no, know how right. this People are in debt. People are so worried about their car breaking down or paying their bills because you look at BlackRock and Vanguard have artificially inflated the price of houses. So people can't even have the American dream. So we're literally living the American nightmare. And the only way, you know, when you have a nightmare, you want to wake up out of it. So you're not like, you know, trying to build a long life. You're literally just trying to like get, you know, some sleep or some rest when you have your free time because your life normally is just a nightmare with all the stress, bills and, you know, the rigmarole of life. Well, you know what?
what, Bart? We learned a lot. Uh, you know, uh, I'm happy that you got to come on. We need to chat again for sure. We got more questions. And so, um, you know, tell the people where they can find you and tell the people, you know, kind of what your last uh, message is for the people watching at home. Sure. Just go to my last name, Sabrell, S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, Sabrell.com. You can get a copy of Moon Man and print Kindle or audio, and it'll show you exactly where, when, and who was there at the first faking of the moon mission, the CIA code name. Oh, real good. Stanley by... Kubrick. You never mentioned Stanley Kubrick. What is his involvement? Well, he would be my choice you know, yeah. to, to film it. He probably did. It's kind of a side distraction. But if you go to Sabrell.com, you can get my you know, 20 to 30 years of research all in about a 220 page book. And it has video links. There are 15 video links that you stop as you're reading. It says go to video link one at sabrell.com and you see the film and you see what I'm talking about. I back up through basically video depositions, NASA admitting twice that they cannot leave Earth orbit. Uh, that that technology has yet to be invented. So, of course, how are they going to go to the moon <laughs> 50 years ago? So I have all these proofs in there, and I wish it weren't true. I wish we did, really did go to the moon, but that's the world that we live in. And if you want to get rid of cancer, you have to first acknowledge that you have it. I think you're right. Oh, so and last question is, you know, the privatization of space flight, you know, and that, you know, with Elon Musk and all this stuff, you know, if it's built on a foundation of lies, how do you trust the, the current space program, uh, Bart? Well, I mean, they've said they're going to return to the moon 10 times in five years uh, over the last 50 years, and they've never done it. I mean, they said they were going to in 2014, they said they were going to have an unmanned probe orbiting the moon in 2018. They had four years to do that. They couldn't even do that act like they never made the goal. And so they continually saying they're going to, you know, go to the moon. In fact, I think it was last year they said they're going to put a woman on the moon in 2024. Mm -hmm. And then they had to change it to 2025. And they didn't have to shoot for a woman, right? Is that well, you know why they had to change it from 2024 to 2025? Because, you know, women take longer to get dressed. But um, aside from that, bad joke, forgive me. But in any case, they're continually putting it off and people think they forget about it. I mean, didn't our current president say he would in nowhere, no way make these mandatory. And then, you know, 60 days later, he said they would be mandatory. So yeah. they keep saying they're going to return to the moon. They can't do it. If, if they could go to the moon on the first attempt, there'd be bases there now. So the fact that there's not bases simply means it can't be done. And just compare a 1969 Lincoln to a 2022 Lincoln. I mean, there's night and day difference. So it's just really laughable that their story is that the technology was accidentally destroyed. It's a painful process to bring it back again. Would John Pettit say that, which we know is provably false. So, Don, I mean, uh, Bart, thank you for coming on. Uh, and is there anything else I want to say before we say goodbye? I guess that's it. Just uh, make sure you make it personally into eternal life. Do what you can to repent, confess, and, of course, stay faithful to the end, which is required. All this life will come to an end. All the fake moon landings, those people will have their way, and they won't be into eternal life because God's not going to let criminals live forever. Said it great. See you guys. Peace. And guys, for the people watching this, uh, it'll be on the Conspiracy Castle channel. We're live on a bunch of channels. But if you want to find this, it'll be on the Conspiracy Castle for the people playing at home. Thank you, Bart. Talk to you again soon. See you guys. Sure. Take care, Alex.